welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you, living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we explored the connection between MS, sinusitis, and barometric pressure. I hope it was helpful to hear the data and solutions for this common struggle many of us share this time of year. I'm grateful that the symptoms I've been experiencing have drastically reduced over time. Using the WeatherX app to track barometric pressure changes over time and comparing those changes to my symptoms has been very informative. It will drastically change my approach next year. And since I keep an MS symptoms journal, I'll remember exactly what I did this year and what to implement earlier next year to hopefully yield a less painful experience. Before we move into this episode's topic, I first want to share some additional information I read last week after I published the previous episode on sinusitis and barometric pressure. Turns out we're not alone in this struggle, and I was able to find more information specifically from our fellow chronic illness friends who live with fibromyalgia. Briefly, fibromyalgia can initially be mistaken for MS since the two chronic illnesses share many symptoms, including pain, fatigue, sleep disturbances, numbness and tingling, muscle stiffness and spasticity, loss of muscle function, depression, cognitive issues, headaches and migraines, bladder and bowel problems, and an overall negative impact on our quality of life and our ability to perform daily activities independently. It is also more common in women than men. Fibromyalgia is also similar to MS in that the exact cause is still unknown, and there is yet to be a discovered cure, and it can take a long time to arrive at a diagnosis. But interestingly, fibromyalgia is not a neurological or autoimmune condition like MS, whereas we know the protective coating, myelin, that surrounds our nerves is destroyed. Fibromyalgia, rather, is a musculoskeletal pain condition where people experience what others would consider normal levels of pain in an overly painful way. Fibromyalgia is much more common than MS, with a recent estimate of 6 to 10% of Americans living with fibromyalgia. If the most recent data is correct in that there are 326.7 million people living in the United States, then between roughly 20 
and 32.5 million people in the United States are estimated to be living with fibromyalgia, whereas latest data in 2019 shows only about a million Americans living with MS. Interestingly, this is more than twice the reported number from a national MS study conducted in 1975 and their subsequent updates over time. Now, it is possible to have both conditions, but there is not a causal relationship between the two, so there's no reason to worry that if you live with one, you might develop the other. However, what's most interesting to share is that because fibromyalgia is associated with elevated intramuscular pressure, pain levels are somewhat predictable. And in fact, in a recent survey of almost 3,000 people living with fibromyalgia, 80% reported that weather changes, especially in the fall when they are most extreme, make their symptoms worse. Only emotional distress at 83% scored higher. There's also a relationship between humidity and osteoarthritis pain, with cold weather humidity intensifying pain significantly. In addition, people living with rheumatoid arthritis have reported an increase of pain connected to humidity and barometric pressure changes. Interestingly, with all these different conditions that result in similar pain points, researchers state that autumn and winter tend to bring the highest levels of pain, followed by spring and with the least reported pain occurring during the summer. All of this to say, as people living with MS, we often think we're alone in our struggles, but there are many people with similar chronic conditions that suffer in similar ways. I recently learned from a TED Talk that I'll share more about next episode that currently one in three people in the United States lives with some sort of chronic illness. So if it's not you, it's likely someone in your family. Chronic illness in this case is defined as an illness that lasts longer than three months and includes a very long list of diseases and conditions like diabetes, heart disease, epilepsy, and anxiety. So, if you know someone living with fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, or other chronic illnesses that might be flaring at this time, consider reaching out to see how they are doing. It's easy for us to believe that only other people with MS truly understand us and what we go through every day. And that may be true, but if you're like me and struggle with sinusitis, spasticity, and other symptoms that worsen with fall weather and changes in barometric pressure, it's nice to know we aren't as alone as we may have thought. This week, we're going to talk about embracing the F word. Nope, not that F word, at least not this time, but rather another F word, flexibility, and the powerful role that flexibility can play in our lives, especially when we face unexpected adversity. This past week, I experienced unexpected adversity, and while I won't go into it here other than to say, don't worry, I'm fine now, for several days, I allowed it to occupy my headspace and brainwaves to the extent that it became a major barrier in being able to continue with the episode I had planned on releasing this week in an objective manner, which is something I deeply value and try very hard to adhere to. So... I decided to embrace the F word 
actually in this case, <laughs> a few F words, and pivot to another relevant topic to give myself time and space to continue to process and prepare the next episode for proper release. Embrace the F word? When I first heard this attention-catching term from one of my closest friends in the educational realm, who at the time she first heard it was training new teachers in the Teach for America organization. Since I wanted to use this term for this episode, I decided to do a quick search to find the origin of the phrase so I could give credit where credit is due. Turns out, to author Amy Day Keller, when she writes about embracing the F word, she writes about fear. To business expert Tony Robbins, the F word is forgiveness. To therapist Brooke Small, if you want to improve your relationships, embracing her F word is feminist, and in doing so can help us all by shining a light on the gender inequities in this world, so that the same doors are open to everyone, regardless of gender. Dana Drozdick, a self-declared feminist, actually uses the expletive I'm purposely avoiding. The earliest reference to this phrase I could find online was in 2013, where author Yvonne Milosevic wrote about embracing the F-word, where the F-word she wrote about was failure. This reference is repeated in 2019 in the Baptist Global News, where pastor Erica Whitaker implores the church to embrace the F-word of failure. She says, quote, Today, as a Baptist pastor, I can no longer avoid the F-word. If anything, I must lean into it, embracing it for the sake of the gospel. For our sake today, we're going to use F for flexibility. My gratitude this week is for the changing of the seasons and all that comes with it. There's a chill in the air. In the morning, we are shrouded with dense fog, which returns during the night. The leaves are turning into brilliant oranges, golds, reds, and numerous shades of brown. The roses are slowing their bloom cycle pace. The grass is greener, recovering from the summer heat. And the winds have changed. This is highly noticeable atop the hill where our house is located. Last week, I read an interesting article by John Lindsay in our local weather watch, where he was asked to explain why the coastal waves sound exponentially louder this time of year. The inquirer described the waves as sounding as if they are right outside their windows, when in other times of the year, the sea seems relatively silent for months on end. Do you know why this happens? I found the answer fascinating. As you'll likely know if you've ever picked up a seashell and held it close to your ear, a seashell captures the ambient noise from its environment, so the sounds of waves can be heard when you hold it up to your ear. And get this, it works no matter how far you are from the ocean. And just as that seashell can capture and then direct the sound to our ears, apparently the Earth's atmosphere acts similarly and can amplify certain sounds during certain times of the year. So, in addition to the barometric pressure changes we explored last week, this time of year there is also greater fluctuation in atmospheric temperature layers, and they change at a more rapid rate as the Santa Lucia which are our local northeasterly offshore winds, battle against the onshore or northwesterly winds. 
This back and forth is precisely what causes the low coastal clouds to come and go this time of year and the louder waves and the winds of change. In general, wind develops when there's uneven heating of the Earth's surface by the sun. This produces differences in air pressure. As we discussed last week, air will flow from areas of high pressure to those with low pressure. And John Lindsay shares a helpful analogy to help us better visualize this. He says, think of an air leak from a bicycle tire, an area of high pressure, flowing out into the atmosphere, an area of low pressure. So this time of year, the larger the changes, the stronger the winds. And like we talked about last week, the potential for greater impact on our bodies as much of our environment around us changes rapidly. Nothing like the science of weather to remind us just how connected we are to our planet and how changes to our planet impact each of us. As we move into fall with shorter days, less sunlight, and cooler temperatures, this kicks the Santa Lucia winds into high gear. When the atmospheric conditions are right, the sound from the crashing waves is captured and amplified, much like the seashell's ambient sounds. Lindsay adds that submariners experience similar sound channels in the ocean. This is the same sound channel used by marine mammals such as whales to communicate with each other over thousands of miles in the ocean. As seawater warms and cools, the speed of sound through these sound channels in the ocean fluctuates accordingly. This past week, as the winds picked up, I spent a lot of time outside since that is my happy place. And when I'm faced with adversity, it's the easiest place for me to access my solutions. These winds of change actually helped me work through, release, and blow away the frustration I was feeling so that I was able to look at the situation with fresh eyes and better clarity. So today, thank you to the winds of change and all that comes with the changing of the seasons. You provide important reminders to us all that all things change in time. Let's face it, the only true constant in life is change. The world around us and what lives within us, our thoughts, values, priorities, needs, desires, these all change throughout our lives, sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly over time. And while change can be hard, especially unchosen change, like an MS diagnosis, when we acknowledge that everything changes, we begin to notice the positive side of change. And this can help us learn to embrace the F word of flexibility in our lives. We explored managing change in depth way back in episode 14, learning to ride the chronic illness roller coaster. I invite you to revisit that episode if you are called to do so. And today, I wanted to take a fresh look at the F word, since so much has changed for us all, even since last year. To illustrate this with using a shared global experience, let's think back to our blissful pre-pandemic days. How have things changed for you? How you spend your days, perhaps. The number of miles you drive. Your typical Saturday night plans. Your health. Your frequency of travel. How and where you work. Your finances. Your relationships. The ways your kids' lives and the lives of others in your circle have changed. 
Likely, you've experienced new ways you've needed to be flexible. UNICEF recently released an interesting detailed report about how COVID-19 is changing the world. This was fascinating to read and important to help me zoom out and think more inclusively about global impact and not just how life has changed for myself and my circle. It also made me realize that as someone who once led a very structured, routine-focused, and timely life, MS has slowly over the years taught me how to be more flexible. In a similar way, learning to live with the pandemic continuing on and on, likely at this point to be with us endemically, is going to encourage and maybe even require even more flexibility. As we think about our personal relationship with the F word, flexibility, it can reveal important aspects of our character and the character of others in our circles. For example, when I think about situations or relationships that have caused me the most frustration over the years, these are often the places and spaces where I'd like to learn to be more flexible and to make those interactions less painful in the future. That is, unless, of course, I'm protecting myself behind boundaries with my personal collection, albeit small, of inner circle frequent boundary breakers. But even within those limited stressful relationships where we might feel we don't have a choice, by inviting in flexibility, we can actually realize that we do have a choice. We actually don't have to always do what others want us to do. And this side of embracing flexibility can be freeing and really life-changing if we're someone who has historically always said yes. Giving ourselves permission to be flexible, to deviate from the path, can bring more peace, ease, and fulfillment into our lives. Sometimes embracing the F word is saying yes, and sometimes it's saying no to something you've previously said yes to. If you want to further explore this concept as a wellness tool, check out episode 26, Honoring Our No, the Most Powerful Word in Our MS Lexicon. It's important to note that flexibility isn't really about giving in or standing our ground. It's about making conscious choices about how we'll choose to navigate change, whether it be a conflict or an unanticipated opportunity for fun in a constantly changing world. By remaining firm in our values, convictions, beliefs, and integrity, we can simultaneously be more flexible and open to new ideas and opportunities that emerge along the journey. So, how can we learn to be more flexible? Experts say there are a handful of key elements to consider in expanding our personal capacities for flexibility. First, probably the most important thing we can do to start building flexibility in ourselves is to push pause on our actions and reflect deeply on the ways we are flexible and on the opportunities we may have to practice being more flexible. Later in this episode, I'll share some of the things that came to mind for me when I did this and how these new ideas are setting me up for success for the remainder of the year and for 2022. If you'd find it helpful to explore the power of pause in greater depth, I invite you to check out or revisit episode 29, The Power of Pause as an Alignment Tool to Conquer Overwhelm and Live Our Best Lives. 
The reason pause is so important when learning to embrace flexibility is because in doing so, we are resisting the urge to do something the way we've always done it in the past. If we continue to do something in the same way we always have, we can typically expect the same results, and we close the door to learning an even better way. Sure, it's easier to justify our approach since we've always done things a certain way. But as we know, as people living with MS, there are times when we have to find a different way to do things. And I'm certain that at least most of us can easily rattle off a list of things we've had to change since our MS diagnosis or as our disease has progressed. Pushing pause helps us step back and open ourselves to flexibility. A great place to start with this strategy is places you're not thrilled with always getting the same outcome. You know, those cycles in our lives that keep happening again and again. Try to embrace flexibility and find a new way. Another way to embrace flexibility is to let go of attachments or the tendency to store all of our eggs in one basket. We can be so attached to things and people in inflexible ways. A focusing on arriving at a specific outcome or having a particular way of doing something are also ways we might not be embracing flexibility. When we loosen our grip on whatever we're attached to, we let go of controlling every aspect or trying to control every aspect. And in doing so, we might actually arrive at a different but better outcome. We can think about this as diversifying our portfolio. Embracing flexibility also means learning to become comfortable with being wrong. We're all wrong some of the time, and there's nothing wrong with being wrong. In fact, mistakes are an important part of learning and opening our minds to being willing to be wrong and even intentionally welcoming being wrong can open many doors for us in relationships and opportunities. Sometimes our fear of being wrong can be very debilitating to ourselves or even damaging to ourselves, families, and friends. By being willing to be wrong, we actually embrace flexibility by giving ourselves permission to take risks. Risks like trying new things, exploring different approaches that are innovative and might actually be better than those we employed before. When we learn from our mistakes and change course, rather than remaining stuck in patterns that no longer serve us, that is embracing flexibility and truly harnessing its power. We can also embrace flexibility by trying to go with the flow more often and not taking ourselves too seriously. This could mean trusting others more, allowing help with grace when others offer it, delegating and letting others cook or clean or do other tasks we normally do. This could also mean deviating from our norm. When we go with the flow and believe things will turn out okay, we are more likely to allow things to roll off our backs or roll with the punches, so to speak. And you know what? More often than not, going with the flow works out great. I'll remind us here that only 8% of what we worry about actually happens. Taking ourselves too seriously creates unnecessary stress, worry, and pressure. When we're able to keep things in perspective, we can live a more peaceful and fun-loving life. 
as musician Bobby McFerrin sings, don't worry, be happy. Yet another way we can embrace the F word is to ask for support and feedback from others. This can help us rise above challenges through new innovative ideas. Are there people you trust who can help provide you with feedback on their perception of your ability to be flexible or not? Another way to get support and feedback is to look for examples. Who in your life does a good job embracing flexibility? What can we then learn from them and model ourselves after those who have found ways to be more flexible than we have? Envy can be a powerful change agent. As my dear friend, Lindsay Perra, who is CEO and founder of the Modern Mystic Society, teaches in her business courses, we can use the alchemy of envy to first identify people who are embracing flexibility in ways we'd like to, and then say, yes, like that, but my way, and adopt what works while customizing the rest for our unique selves. A bit later in this episode, I'll also be asking you, yes, you, for some support in the form of feedback and ideas for ways I can better embrace flexibility with misunderstood. Flexibility allows for progress, growth, and innovation. Flexibility is a superpower, not a weakness. Flexibility is continually adapting to our ever-changing environment and circumstances, especially when living with an unpredictable and progressive condition like MS. Flexibility is finding new ways to do the same old things. Being flexible is learning how to pivot so we can achieve a desired outcome when we need to find a new way. Flexibility is not running around willy-nilly in all directions, but staying grounded in who we are while looking for new ways to be and approach and walk in this world. Embracing flexibility also doesn't mean we throw out our old ways of being, like the baby with the bathwater, but it does mean we build our reflective muscle. Remember Carol Dweck and all our mindset work? so that we can better evaluate all the possible pathways in front of us and not necessarily always trudge along the path we've traveled before. New days, new years often require a new outlook and new approach, especially if there are aspects of our lives we'd like to change. Flexibility is not giving in when you don't want to do something nor is it not adhering to your personal safety boundaries, but rather it is looking for opportunities where it makes sense to grow and shed our old skins. Snakes do not carry around their old skins. They wriggle out of the skin that no longer fits them and leave them behind. In my research for this episode, I came across an article in the Tiny Buddha Community written by Fred Tracy. In this article, he writes, quote, real power comes from flexibility, not rigidity. He then writes about jujitsu and informs us that jujitsu is based entirely on reacting to your opponent by using their own force against them rather than attacking them directly. He compares this to life and how we choose to react to what happens to us. He says, quote, No matter who you are, you'll have a lot of things happen to you. Some will be good and some will be bad. 
The sensei of life knows that flexibility in thinking and action is what brings true happiness. After all, the only constant in life is change. Flexibility in action is not always easy. But as we adjust to these colder temperatures, we are offered opportunities to search for opportunities in our own lives where we might benefit from embracing the F word in a new way. This season, when we tend to hunker down more with less daylight, we might do less and move less. We might spend more time drinking tea or hot toddies along with other comforts of the season. For me, I always feel like my bubble is smaller in the winter, almost like I'm in a snow globe. And one thing I love about peering into a snow globe is that it often magnifies what's within the globe and allows us to tune out all the exterior noise and distractions around us. Thinking about this season in this way, while we're hunkered down in cozy clothes, encourages us to reflect upon this past year and to see things in ways we might not have seen before and find new ways to embrace change and exercise our flexibility muscle. This is the real beauty of the season. As we venture through fall and eventually into winter, I encourage us all to take some time to think about all that this time of year can teach us. One lesson we can learn from all the visible changes we can see in nature and that we may feel in our bodies is to embrace that change is a natural part of life. Everything is fluid. Without the fall and the resetting of the growth cycle, nothing would grow anew in the spring. I think about the daffodil bulbs who require the freeze to unlock their bloom potential, or the roses I cut back all the way to their old growth in winter, some of which then exceed 10 feet when they reach their full height midsummer, or the potato vine that every year I prune so fiercely I'm surprised to see it emerge even healthier the following year. Seeing and feeling this deeper connection with nature as changes happen rapidly and are therefore harder to ignore at a glance is a beautiful gift and enhances our ability to re reflect on what is and what can be if we embrace flexibility. This is also the time of year when we can be like autumn and let things go, like the trees releasing their leaves for the year. Some things belong in the past, and there's no need to keep carrying them, whether they be physical items that no longer serve us, things that trigger negative memories, or even people who we might not realize support our ability to live well with MS. Sometimes it's letting go of activities that we no longer enjoy in the same way, or expectations of ourselves or others, or even our goals as they naturally shift throughout our lives. The unanticipated beauty of letting go actually creates space for something new that resonates with the person we are today a lot more than the person we used to be. Fall is also the time of year for a cornucopia of harvests, and when many of our animal friends are stocking up food for the long winter ahead. When we reflect upon the harvest of the year, what did we reap and sow? Are we happy with the harvest of our lives and our work efforts this year? Are we equally enjoying the harvest now and planning for and investing in our future? Fall reveals this opportunity to reflect 
and proceed differently if we dare to embrace flexibility and change. I also notice this time of year that with the changing light, I am able to see my literal shadow more often. By investigating our figurative shadow through introspection, we can shine the light of awareness on our own shadow parts, things we might not currently like very much about ourselves and want to change. Here again, the season reminds us to be flexible. If there are aspects in our lives that aren't what we wish they were, this is the time to think about it and start to plan a change so that we can emerge from winter anew. Since we've already established that this can be a rough time of year for those of us living with a variety of both physical and mental chronic illnesses, fall also offers us an opportunity to be a part of something bigger. We can look for opportunities to connect with others who share similar struggles this time of year. We can find ways to advocate for our shared community. With the visible reminders of change in our environment, we can reflect upon ways we can better live in harmony with our planet. This level of self-reflection can sometimes take a lot out of us, so it's important that along with this reflection, we focus on enjoying the little things in life to infuse more joy and comfort. Stay under the weighted blanket a bit longer. Lounge in our PJs. Pour a cup of tea or make a hot toddy. Snuggle with a pet and a book. Take the kids outside and go on a leaf hunt. With the autumnal equinox, we find ourselves experiencing more balanced hours of day and night. This is a great reminder for us to reflect on our lives to find opportunities for better balance. Over time, I am learning to appreciate the many ways we are encouraged to reflect and remain flexible and welcome change with the changing of the seasons. While disability retired now, I am still a planner by nature and I've learned to use that skill to my benefit to help me learn to live well with MS. I recently indulged in my third quarter reflection upon my year's goals and revised an updated plan to better hone in on the few areas I'm lagging on progress to goal. What's also beautiful about this time of year is that we still have a few months to make this year what we'd like it to be. This changing of the season brings with it precisely this opportunity. Reflecting on our past year, and even others in the past beyond this year, recalling what challenges typically present themselves this time of year, preparation for the holidays perhaps, and all the extra, gatherings, spendings, etc. And what good from all that has happened so far this year. One of the things that emerged in my recent reflection this fall is that I'm taking time to ask myself and brainstorm what season three of Misunderstood wants to look like and evolve into next year in 2022. And while I'm not pressuring myself to commit to anything until the new year, while I continue to marinate in my ideas, there are three changes I know I want to make, so I'll quickly share those here. The first is to offer an opportunity for all listeners, not just flock members, to join me in December. The date and time will be determined by interested participants to experience what's called the renewal of creative path. This is a powerful reflection and intention setting process in preparation for the new year that I've had the privilege to participate in with several different groups over the years, and I'm offering to share it with you 
too. Now, if you are more of a solo person and want to do this on your own in your own divine timing, or you're not sure if this is for you, I invite you to revisit episode 24, Planting the Seeds of Change, Renewing Our Personal Commitment to Healing. You can walk yourself through the process there. Or if you'd like to reach out and plan to join us in December, please let me know by Saturday, November 27th if you'd like to participate so we can then find a common day and time that will work for everyone. When we gather in December, we'll take some time to look back together, then reflect and develop our personal intentions for living well with MS in 2022. I love starting this process early for myself. In fact, I've already started so that I can use the fall and early winter to try on my new intention to see how it fits. And if it's truly what my intuition at the cellular level is telling me makes the most sense to pursue in the coming year. If you're interested in participating, all you need to do is send an email to our flock address mymsflock at gmail.com. And remember, when you type that address into your email, the address is such because the MS flock is yours. And that's why the first two letters you'll key in is MY. Our flock is also mine. It belongs to each and all of us in the MS community. When you send an email, you're communicating to your MS flock what you need from the misunderstood flock community. So if you'd like to participate in December's event, reach out and let me know. Another way I already know I'd like to adjust misunderstood is that in addition to offering the official flock meetings each month where we discuss episode content as an intimate group of folks dedicated to maintaining a solutions orientation, I want to extend an invitation to our free Saturday weekly MS social meetup. This happens at 11 a.m. Pacific, noon Mountain, 1 p.m. Central, and 2 p.m. Eastern. The only prerequisite is you live with MS. We have international folks. We do speak English, but translators are welcome to join you. If this interests you, all you need to do is send me an email indicating your interest, and I'll make sure you have access to the Zoom link. The third way I already know I want to change things up in 2022 for season three is I'd like to offer private Zoom sessions with newly diagnosed folks to help orient themselves to MS. For many of us, that is a particularly vulnerable time, and this past week I had the opportunity to welcome someone into our shared community within 24 hours of their diagnosis. It was very rewarding to give them a virtual hug answer all their burning questions, and help them out of the panic phase and into action phase, as well as be able to offer them a virtual community for support from others living with MS. I believe I'll have room in my schedule for a handful of these each month in the new year. This is where I have an ask for you. If you know someone who has been recently diagnosed and is struggling, please send them my way and no need to wait until next year. As a former new teacher, trainer, and coach, I'm realizing my superpower is helping people learn to navigate new terrain. And in my life, the only thing I've found more difficult than learning to be an awesome teacher 
is learning to navigate MS. Through this podcast, I recognize the tremendous privilege I have in my ability to access information, resources, and people through the connections I've made and network I've built in the years since my diagnosis. I can connect people to what they need, and I'd really like to step up when MS symptoms allow, of course, for our community in this way next year. In a similar fashion, as I'm currently brainstorming ways I'd like for Misunderstood to evolve in Season 3 in 2022, I'd love for you to do the same and provide your input by letting me know what topics are you wondering about? Are there unknowns in your MS journey that you'd like me to research for our shared community? So you're aware, several requests are already in progress. Music therapy, dentistry and MS, and cognition and MS, which is becoming such a large topic it will likely encompass several episodes to do it proper justice. All right, I hope you found it helpful today to learn about different ways we can better embrace the F word. My hope is that after this episode one, we all feel inspired to take time to reflect this fall and find opportunities in our own lives to embrace flexibility. Two, that we leave this episode committed to helping ourselves and others through this potentially vulnerable time of year by upping our self-care and embracing flexibility. And three, that if you want to participate in our Renewal of Creative Path event in December, have topic ideas for season three, or know of newly diagnosed folks who really need some support, that you'll send them my way via our Misunderstood podcast email. Our next official Misunderstood Flock meeting will be Saturday, November 6th. Yes, that's this Saturday. At the Flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other episodes released this month and just spend some virtual time together supporting one another as we all strive to live well with MS. If you're not yet a Flock member but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month. You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. In full transparency, it's $1 a month, which helps me with production and Zoom costs and keeping the lights on. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another, and embracing flexibility. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be well.